You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's Views podcast for Friday, March 11. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and your New York Giants made some news on Thursday with a restructured contract for veteran wide receiver Sterling Shepard and by cutting punter Riley Dixon in a salary cap move as the Giants try to get healthy with the salary cap for the 2022 season. We'll talk about those today, and we also will have for you an interview that I did with former New York Jets general manager Mike Tannenbaum, who currently works for ESPN and works for his own website, the 33rd Team. That'll be coming up for you in just a little bit. But first, let's talk about the the roster moves that the Giants made on Thursday. The the Sterling Shepard move is one that should be approved of by the fan base. Shepard has been a popular player for the Giants for several years now. The only player on the Giants roster who still has ties to the 2016 team that went to the playoffs, the last Giants team to to make a playoff appearance. So Shepard will be back for another season with the Giants. Looks like uh, reports are that, that his contract which had two years remaining on it, has basically been torn up and and restructured to a one-year deal. Not sure what the the numbers are. I would assume it's got a pretty low base salary with some incentives. Shepard, of course, suffered a torn Achilles tendon at the end of last season, and his availability at the beginning of the 2022 season is in doubt at this point in time. That's usually an injury that uh, it takes about a nine-month recovery period, so that would actually get him back on the field somewhere right around the beginning of the season, might get him actually on the field to begin practicing right around then. Who knows exactly what his time frame will be, but I wouldn't count on Shepard being ready at the beginning of the season. And to be honest, that is one of the reasons why the Giants were able to get Shep to agree to a pay cut. The The reality of, of Shepard's situation was that he wasn't really going to have a market if the Giants were to cut him. With teams not knowing when he would be able to play, it's highly unlikely that anyone would sign him throughout the offseason. He would probably have had to wait until the end of training camp or into the 2022 regular season to find a place to play 
and uh, you never know what's going to happen in that circumstance. This gives Shep the uh, the security of knowing that he has a team to play for in 2022. He gets to stay with the organization, the same organization that he has spent his entire career with. The Giants get a player who's a really good player when he's healthy, simply has not been healthy enough in recent years. But this seems to uh, go along with Joe Shane's stated goal of both trying to clean up the salary cap, get the Giants into a better long-term situation, while trying to remain as competitive as possible and field the best team that, that he can in 2022. So this move saves the Giants some money and will give them a, a good player, a good target for Daniel Jones at some point in the 2022 season. The uh, the cut of Riley Dixon saves the Giants $2.8 million. And this one is one that is pretty much of a no-brainer, had been expected. Dixon coming off a, a really, really inconsistent 2021 season. In fact, a really inconsistent couple of years with the Giants. Simply was making too much money for his production and too much money for a team that has serious salary cap concerns. Still no move yet with uh, with cornerback James Bradbury, but we will have that for you uh, if and when it does come. Still expecting that the Giants will do everything they can to trade Bradbury as soon as possible and save a little bit more than $12 million in, uh, in salary cap money, something that despite the moves that they've made with Dixon with Shepard with the cutting Devontae Booker and Kyle Rudolph still something that the Giants need to do they need to find more salary cap room to eventually have room to sign their rookie class as well as have some room to make some low budget low cost free agent moves to supplement the roster here when free agency begins on March 16th and as well as to have some room to uh, to operate you know during the 2022 season something that they really really had a hard time doing down the uh, down the stretch of the 2021 season all right let's get to uh, to the interview that I did with former Jets general manager Mike Tannenbaum vacations can be tricky you already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
All right, I'm joined now by Mike Tannenbaum, former general manager of the Jets, former executive with the Miami Dolphins, currently with the 33rd team. Mike, thank you very, very much for taking some time with me today. Good morning. Great to be with you. And I'm always uh, impressed and motivated by your passion for covering the team that you love so much. Well, thank you very, very much. And uh, I, I have to ask, where were you hiding all week at the Combine? Because I was looking for you all week. Uh, you know, I just kind of do my job. You know, I just kind of work <laughs> and watch the drills and uh, say hello to people when I run into them. But, uh, you know, I'm fortunate to be with ESPN and try to take my responsibility seriously. There you go. There you go. So let's get right into it with the uh, with the Giants here, Mike. Um, haven't talked to you, I don't believe, since... Joe Shane was hired as GM and Brian Dable was hired as head coach. Just your initial thoughts on what you've seen and what you've heard from those two guys so far, obviously not a lot of real decisions as far as the roster have been made, but just your general thoughts on, on, uh, on what you've seen so far. Yeah. You know, I think the challenge for any new regime is to come in and win games and rebuild. And, um, you know, we great example of that last year was the Philadelphia Eagles. They had uh, a massive amount of dead money, moved on from Carson Wentz, but they hired Nick Sirianni and made the playoffs in year one. And I think that's sort of, if I was running the Giants, those would be my goals. Maybe clean up some of the contracts you're not happy with, but win enough games where you're competing meaningfully. And if things go well, make the playoffs in year one. You know, New York's a tough market, but if you establish yourself in year one, that goes a long, long way to having a really good program. I think that Joe Shane has said multiple times he doesn't want to get his head beat in in his first year. This is not a rebuild. He wants to try to be competitive as he takes care of the cap situation, as he sets this team up, you know, for a better long-term future. But this team's had double-digit losses five straight years, Mike. This team is in a cap mess to the point where I don't know how they're going to go out and really not that you want to build through free agency, but I don't know how they're going to be able to supplement this roster in free agency. Is it realistic? You think for, for Joe Shane to be able to put the giants in a situation where they can win eight, nine games and be competitive in 2022. Yeah. You know, it's funny in the formative years of my career, I was very fortunate to be hired by the New York jets in 1997 and the 1996 New York Jets will set a record that will never be broken in the history of North American sports, soccer, basketball, football, hockey, which is the 1996 New York Jets won one football game and spent more money than anybody else. It's almost impossible <laughs> to do that. And Coach Parcells and Coach Belichick came in. I was fortunate enough. I was one of the people they hired. And in year one, in year one, we won nine games. In year two, we were in the championship game. So I saw firsthand that good coaching, a good plan, and you can win immediately. And again, let's go back to more recent history. Let's go back to the 2021 Philadelphia Eagles. They traded Carson once. They give him a massive extension, Ed, mm -hmm. and they went to the playoffs. And they went with a very young quarterback in Jalen Hurts. They were well coached. They were opportunistic with free agency and, and, and trades. And uh, in year one, they were very, very competitive. 
Before we move into free agency and the draft, just quickly, what are your thoughts on this coaching staff that Brian Dable has put together? He's leaning obviously on uh, on quite a bit of uh, of NFL experience in the hirings that he's made. Sorry about that. I got mute. I, I think Brian put together great staff. Uh, I, I think the world of Brian, I've worked with him. He's a guy that when things go wrong, it's his fault. When things go well, it's because everybody else did a great job. And I'm not surprised he was able to put the staff together that he did because um, he's a special human being. Nice. Nice. So Mike, let's talk a little bit about free agency. Obviously the, uh, the free agency signing window opens on the 16th and the way things work with the, what they call the legal tampering period, we'll pretty much know all of the big signings, you know, all of the big moves by the time that the signing period officially ends, the giants don't really look like they're going to be able to be big players in free agency. And that's okay. You know, in term, because you, you just, you put yourself in such a bad cap situation, but I guess couple of free agency questions for you are you should we buy all the smoke all the hype all the talk about the Giants and Mitch Trubisky and if we can is that the right move in your mind for Trubisky to to come to New York yeah I would exhaust everything I would have in Daniel Jones before I would look outside the building um I think Daniel Jones is intriguing. He's been far from perfect. We know that. That's probably one of the reasons, you know, Dave Gettleman and uh, Joe Judge, amongst others, will let go. But I would exhaust improvement from within before I start going outside the building. And uh, that's what coaching and problem solving is all about. Yeah, that's the, the thing that I think when it comes to Trubisky is that that just sort of muddies up the waters for Daniel Jones. Obviously, the Giants need a better backup than than Mike Glennon, than what they had last year. But my concern is that, that it just sort of muddies the situation as to whether the Giants really want to go forward with Daniel Jones. I totally agree with that. I, th- I think you have to exhaust everything you have in Daniel Jones. Again, the number one way to improve a football team, Ed, a hundred percent of the time is improvement from within when your existing players get better. That's the best way to improve any program. And that's why character matters. That's why teams spend hundreds of hours and millions of dollars trying to answer that very fundamental question, because the more character, the more true football character your team has, the much greater chance they're going to have to improve their team. And that's just a, a very fundamental tenet. All right, let's talk about the Giants cap situation a little bit. We know where they are. We know that Joe Shane said, you know, at the combine, at the combine, excuse me, that he wants to shave, needs to shave, you know, $40 million off of the Giants payroll. Started that by moving on from Devontae Booker and and Kyle Rudolph. We haven't heard any moves yet. Uh, I think it's it's pretty certain that James Bradbury is going to have to move on in one way or another. That's the biggest cap hit they can remove. The biggest question, Mike, regards the future of Saquon Barkley. I'm one who believes that the best long-term move for the Giants would be to move on from Saquon if they possibly can, if they can get 
some draft capital for him and move on. Sounds like they're open to moving on from him, but not, you know, but not actively trying to, you know, trying to, to push Saquon on teams. What do you think will happen? And where do you stand on whether the Giants should or should not move on from Saquon Barkley? Yeah, I think I've been pretty consistent on this one. I, I would keep them. And, and here's why. Like, the object of the exercise is to, you know, collect good players who are good people. Um, he's a dynamic playmaker. Why, why would you move on from a young, talented player who is explosive with a ball in his hands? Now, we could debate till the cows come home, how much is he worth? Do you, how much do you pay a running back? I think those are all great debates, and I think there's a way to thread the needle where maybe there's a hybrid approach with someone like Saquon where, you know, if he plays the way he hopes and the way I'm sure the Giants hope, he gets paid commensurate with the market. Um, but they have some downside protection because of, you know, some durability concerns. But here's a guy that's in the prime of his career. He scores touchdowns. He's a great receiver. He makes any quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, Daniel Jones, whomever, markedly better. And he's a great, great teammate. So I would be hard-pressed to understand how an organization would be better without that player than with him. I think the long-term concern is not so much 2022, Mike. It's what you might have to pay him going forward simply because we keep seeing the, the second contracts, the big second contracts for running backs not really work out. Um, you know, now we're hearing that the, that the Carolina Panthers are trying to move on from, from Christian McCaffrey. You talked about threading the needle. I assume you're talking about financially. I mean, what can you do there? Can you, can you give him a, a lower base contract maybe with with a ton of of incentives that maybe don't don't hit the the salary cap you know that might uh you know based on performance based on games played all of those things can you do it that way yeah i think that's a great point and and again like to me like being a great negotiator is being a great listener and i would listen i would ask questions i would understand what's important to him and i would work extremely hard to see is there a way we could collectively thread the needle so he's a New York Giant for a long time because if we're building an organization, I want more of Saquon Barkley's, not less of them. Again, I'm hard-pressed to think like how we're a better team if he's not on the field than when he is. Good point. It's just it's going to be really interesting to see what, uh, what the Giants do with Saquon, what his long-term future is in New York. We wouldn't be having this debate if he hadn't had injuries three years in a row, but uh, we shall see. Mike, let's talk a little bit about the the upcoming NFL draft, about some impressions from the combine. I was really interested the other day, a guy whose name keeps coming up, a guy who keeps rising up draft boards, a guy who's connected to the Giants in certain scenarios is Georgia edge defender. I always say defender instead of edge rusher because they have to do more than rush the passer. Um but we're talking about Trayvon Walker and I was interested the other day because you wrote a sort of, you know, pump the brakes on Trayvon Walker piece at 33rd team. So I'm just curious for you to explain, you know, your position on Walker and and where you think he actually should go in this draft. 
Yeah. So let's be clear. I really like Trayvon Walker. I saw what everybody else saw. This guy's a really like a special player from a standpoint, you know, and he rushed inside quite a bit last year. Uh, very productive. And there's a great premium on interior pass rushers. The best example, obviously, is a guy like Aaron Donald. And and I don't think anybody in their right mind is comparing this guy to Aaron Donald. But what I would say is my concern, and I could say this, certainly people in the league couldn't. What would concern me is this. Kirby Smart's a great coach. He's a great defensive mind. And Trayvon Walker's production does not match that workout. And that's not to say that he can't go on and have a great career because I think he could. But if we were running a team ed and we were picking mm-hmm. the top ten, we want every box checked. We want character. We want durability. We want production. We want measurables. We want it all. That's what happens when you pick in the top ten. And you're just simply not checking the box of production when you're taking Trayvon Walker. And if you're in the top ten, you're – probably not saying that publicly, but when you turn in that card, you're holding your breath a little bit, Ed, because you just don't know if this prejudice sort of ability is going to translate to on the field. While right, you, there's a, while there's a reasonable chance it will, you just don't know. Right. You, you might be able to live with that in the third round. I always look at a guy like Lorenzo Carter, who always has the, the incredible physical gifts but hasn't really translated them. So, so that's a good point. Um, I want to ask you for you, OT one in this draft, is it Icky Equinu or is it Evan Neal? Yeah, they're one and one A for me right now. I'd be really, really happy with either one of those guys. I mean, if I had to get a small advantage right now, it's probably the Evan Neal because of, you know, the level of competition, but Aquanu is a, a, a really special player in his own right. Um, what's the chance at least one of those guys is still sitting there at five in um, your mind? I think the chances just went up the other day because, uh, the Jaguars, you know, Robinson again. So that tells me they're taking Aiden Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, which is good for the giants because when I, when I look at Joe Shane has a, what he said the other day, he wants seven for seven. He wants to go into the draft with seven players. You know, he could sleep at night when, you know, if he had to pick any of those seven guys, you know, with his two picks. And I tried to do that list without Hutchinson because I think he's the one guy who's just plain not going to be there. So. I totally agree because Hutchinson has attributes you can't see. Right. Right. So. So the second part of that question, there's a big debate as to who is offensive tackle three. It's a two-part question for you. Is it Charles Cross? Is it Trevor Penning? And if you're the Giants and you can't get Equinu or Neal, is either one of those players worth the seventh overall pick? Yeah, they both might be. You know, Penning, it, uh, you know, tough guy. Saw him at the senior bowl, you know, cross is a guy that, you know, he should come in and his game really translates well to the modern NFL game, just in terms of, you know, he's a really, really good pass protector. Uh, I don't know if he could just drive people off the ball, roll his hips in the run game. Um, but I think there's a lot of things he can do really well. So I think 
if they came out of this with uh, either of those guys, th- they're going to be better um, and they're, they're improved. Does, so you're not that concerned really about, about the limited, you know, run blocking snaps fr- from cross simply because it's such a passing league. Yeah. And like, there's other things he can do, which is, you know, there's a lot of things like, you know, they're considered passes, but you know, all those bubble screens behind the line of scrimmage plays, you know, jet motion, you want your tackles. I think there's more premium now, Ed, on um, the athleticism of tackles to get out to the perimeter. And um, I think that's things that he does really well. Mm -hmm. Um, Two more for you. I look at Sauce Gardner, the cornerback from Cincinnati, and I think he separated himself as the clear cornerback one in this this group. And I think personally that – Based on the scenarios and how things work out, I would love to see Sauce Gardner with the Giants. Um, just your thoughts on Gardner and in general with a Wink Martindale blitz heavy, you know, cornerback on an island system. If you're the GM, are you looking to supply him with corners first or pass rushers first? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I would tell you that um, when we had Rex Ryan at the Jets, which was the same system, you know, they want to have a lot of overload blitzes, meaning they want to send more people than uh, you can block. And that puts a premium on having guys that can play man-to-man on the back end. And uh, Sauce Gardner, to me, um, he really reminds me of uh, Antonio Cromartie, someone we had at the Jets, just in terms of his length and athleticism. And he certainly uh, – can play man to man. So to me, if you have great difference making corners, that automatically makes you a better pass rush team because now you can send more defenders and could block. That's an interesting way to look at it, Mike. It really is. And the last thing for you, we have to talk about Kayvon Thibodeau. We just this morning at Big Blue View released a, a film study from one of our guys, Nick Filato just breaking down Thibodeau's tape. And Nick came to the same conclusion that, that I come to. When you look at this kid on tape, when you look at what he does on the field, this kid's a clear top five, top five pick. The question, you know, for me is, do you think the, the brand stuff, the, the stuff he said about Alabama, do you think there's enough concern you know, that the, the Giants, for example, should pass on this kid, or do you just have to take that talent? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, again, we talked earlier, Ed, about you you want to have every box check that you possibly can. So what I would tell you is <clears throat> I, th- I saw some Jason Taylor. I, I was just studying him recently. When you look at his length, his ability to get off, his ability to stay off the ground and bend an edge, it's really, really impressive. And I think context is really important because I understand the concerns about NIL and deals and, uh, you know, brands. I just think that's the day and age. And I think you got to, you got to cut these guys in half and see what oozes out of them. You know, you want a world-class competitor. You want someone that has mental and physical toughness. You want somebody that's going to make their teammates better. And again, the number one attribute that I know about Brian Dayball is he's going to come in and he's going to make that building better because it's going to be about everybody else except for him, except when things go wrong, because then it's going to be his fault. 
it's never the word I, it's always we and us. Um, I think words matter. And I think Brian Dayball's character is really rare and, and special. And um, I was privileged to be around him. And I think when you think about the players that will work well with Brian Dayball, it's going to be players that have that sort of characteristics, people that use the words we and us, not I, people that don't make excuses, people that love the game. And I wouldn't say Thibodeau is that or isn't that, but those are the questions I would be asking. It's just so hard because he speaks so well. I was I listened to his press conference at the Combine. He, he speaks so well. He is intelligent. But I came away thinking later, you know, it bothers me a little bit that he has to tell me how intelligent he is. So, and it yep. bothers me a little bit that he planned to do the workout at the Combine and did one drill and walked away. And I mean, those are the kinds of things that, that, you know, if you're a GM, do they make you kind of shake your head a little bit? Yeah. And, and, and again, I would, you know, we, I think we've talked about this before, which is like, you know, um, nothing's outcome determinative, but everything matters. And yeah, I'd want to know why he didn't work out. That's not a reason to draft somebody yet or not draft them, but don't say you're going to work out and then not work out that, 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 that bothers me. All right. Hey, Mike, I always appreciate your time. I know you've got a lot going on, so we're going to let you go. If, uh, just let folks know, uh, you know, where they can find your work, where they can find you on Twitter, all that stuff. Yeah, at Real Tannenbaum and uh, I'm with ESPN and also the 33rd team. And the website is the 33rd, the 33rd team.com. And we have a completely free newsletter that takes people behind the scenes and a lot of our content is written by people that have actually made decisions, coached the players. Uh, Brian Schottenheimer just wrote a really interesting article about what it's like to be at the Combine as a coach. And here's a guy that was just coaching Trevor Lawrence, has coached Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, and um, has really made our, our site much better. All right, Mike, thank you very, very much. And hopefully we'll do this again uh, right around uh, draft day. Okay, great. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. All right, that's our show for today, Giants fans. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Mike Tannenbaum. We always appreciate Mike's time. He's become a good friend of the show. So uh, hopefully we'll get uh, we'll get Mike back uh, a few more times as uh, as warranted to uh, to give you guys some insight from someone who has sat in a general manager's chair and had to make some of the types of decisions that we always wind up talking about here on Big Blue View and on the Valentine's Views podcast. As always, Giants fans, thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Check us out on Instagram. Follow at Big Blue View on Twitter. Check out our Facebook page. Join the community at BigBlueView.com if you haven't done that already so that you can comment and chat with other Giants fans. Please remember, stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, 
perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. 